This is the Art of Darkness podcast with Kevin Kautzman and Brad Kelly. We're a couple of very online writers interested in the dark side of what drives creative people to create against all odds. This show is about art and the people who make it, what it costs them, and what it takes to bring something unique and impactful into the world. Each episode, we excavate the life and work of an artist you might think you know. Don't worry, they're all safely dead. On every episode, we try and find out just what the hell was wrong with them and how they worked through their darkness to create something that lives on after them and continues to move culture. Find us online at artofdarkpod.com and on Twitter at artofdarkpod. Okay, we are back. Another dark room episode of Art of Darkness, artofdarkpod.com, Twitter uh, at artofdarkpod, patreon.com slash artofdarkpod. Kevin, is there another Art of Dark Pod thing to say? Slash Art of Dark Pod at Patreon. Oh, there you go. Okay. There we <laughs> we're, go. Okay. We're, we're hacking and slashing our way uh, into uh, the double digits. We're into getting your, into your we're, hearts, hopefully. Yes. And, and we are getting almost daily. Like new Patreon subscribers, which, cool. yeah, is pretty cool. And we yeah. appreciate y'all big we time. Do. We mm-hmm. do. It's awesome. It's awesome. So today, um, for folks who listen along, you know that um, we're doing a darkroom episode. That means we are talking about a subject which we've already talked about. But uh, sometimes, the, sometimes the coolest conversations actually come up in these. And today, we're going to talk about the great Philip K. Dick, um, who just two weeks ago or so, we did a deep... Uh, we're not. We're trying not to say deep dive anymore, but we haven't come up with any other terms. So. Core. It's it's a core episode. Core episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the great Aldous Hysteriana Force symbol. So go back and check that out. You don't have to check that out to listen to this, but um, you know, at some point, you're probably going to want to listen to that anyway because I think it was a banger. So, um, and as you know, when we do these episodes, we always have are joined by somebody who is smarter slash better slash more interesting than us just by ourselves uh and that person today is the great uh rap game ed bernays david matthew olson mastermind behind dirty machines david thank you for joining us so much thanks so much guys uh happy to be here and to talk about pkd because i can uh now, it's it's hard to find people where you can just talk ramble about uh, PK and Valis yeah, <laughs> for like yeah, an hour yeah. or more. So I'm very yeah. happy to do so with you guys. Thanks for inviting me. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we're stoked. To, we're stoked to talk to you about it too. So, uh, I mean, let's just get it right into it. Uh, what is sort of your, if you can remember, what is your sort of Philip K. Dick origin story? Like, what did you run into first? film or book or where does it start for you my my relationship is super weird man because okay like i'll just get the plug out of the way so i'm gonna try to stay away from self-promo but you know i I, i'm technically a sci-fi writer or filmmaker because i have this project dirty machines Uh, i'm not even gonna try to pitch it just go watch it it's a time travel thing i made a couple films but i've been working on that for like 12 years since like 2010 and and that's the thing. I'm not even. I don't know. I'm not a sci-fi guy. I'm like, I don't know. Like I like a lot of my favorite shit is sci-fi, but I'm not like you know. I don't like hard sci-fi. Um, I'm more into PKD shit. More like the heady shit. And but you know, I'm not like a. I'm not even with PKD. I didn't even start reading him at all. I think until like. During COVID, dude, like two years. Oh, really? Ago. <laughs> so yeah, like I already right made Dirty Machines. But I, for like, for like, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years, you know, you hear, I just knew, okay, Blade Runner, a great sci-fi film, do Android Ring, and then you read his Wikipedia. So like, he'd been on my radar and I like knew the mythology of him for, I don't know, like over, you know, uh, when I, since I was Long in time. college and like Obama, Ob- for Obama first term, but I didn't even start reading him recent until like two, three years ago. And right. and uh, then I went through like, I don't know, like 10 novels in like a year. And, and you know, just 
just but but that's what's great about him is they're just so easy man i mean you can really blow <laughs> you can really read like one a day if you're yeah. like yeah, yeah, zoned yeah. in uh because they're fucking great and they're like, <laughs> that's a very pkd type of energy yeah it is, yeah right? yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, read it beginning but, to end and then pass out yeah, yeah. but then like <laughs> then when i got when i read valis that was just the other that and that there was my own i said i like we can go there if we want to, but I'm going to try to not like self promo or, uh, well, I'll, I'll promote you a little so bit. So many re- parallels going on in my own life when I was reading it. So that book, and then I went into his, you know, all that shit. And that's right. where he's like a God to me now, like a oh. fucking guru, you know? So anyway, yeah. sorry. That's like my, <laughs> no, like, that's, that's great. Uh, uh, very the, recent, like guru to me. <laughs> um, that's one of the things about PKD. He does become one of these figures like, like Stephen King or something like you wouldn't even have to read him to be pretty versed in who he is what he's about what he's done what the vibe is yeah his own life is more interesting like that's his own life is like a sci-fi movie like he's his own greatest story or something you know what I mean that's what's what's so cool about him yeah that's really well put that is true as you're reading this it's like yeah this is just this is just getting weirder and weirder and weirder yeah um yeah yeah for sure um, I, you, I know you're saying you don't want to sell promo, but let me to your, your horn a little bit. I, I started digging into the dirty machines stuff a little bit after we, I knew you were coming on here. Um, and obviously stalking you on Twitter a little bit, uh, as one does. And uh, it's really cool, man. I, you know, it, for folks out there, there's some video, some dirty machines video really well put together and looks great and is compelling and yeah I, I love it i love where you're going where you Thank went with you. it where you're going with Thanks. it Thanks. it's really cool man so um yeah and definitely pkd vibes um it's interesting it's like you did it before yeah it's cool it's cool yeah I, yeah well, it's it's it, in that vibe of sort of trippy uh, cerebral what is reality type shit and now like i said that's my i don't know i like a lot a lot of my favorite shit is sci-fi or has some sort yeah. of at least magical realism or some shit going on but mm-hmm. uh yeah i'm not like a sci-fi nerd like oh i think this you know i don't know or i don't know so but pkd is still like fucking god to me so yeah i'm 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 in the same boat man this is the kind of the same thing for me yeah yeah, PKD, yeah i don't like i don't get into most of the most of the hard sci-fi stuff but, but yeah, pkd yeah. and a handful of others really do do it for me um so i you know i guess the one thing on our main episode we sort of talked about some of the the places that that philip k dick went that were sort of depending on your perspective and how sort of open-minded you are to these things, we're either like psychosis or schizophrenia or like legit visionary experiences or somehow, you know, temporarily living in multiple realities at once, right? Depending on how willing you are to accept these things. And I, I find myself fairly willing to accept uh, uh, the, stranger explanations rather than just oh he had mental illness or something mm-hmm. which i don't think covers it um depending on how you define illness i suppose yeah, you know yeah. if, if he had mental illness then, then you know half of the catholic saints did too so yeah um so you know uh what i think you know when we were originally in talks for you to come on i think that was sort of the impetus right was i feel like you had something to say about that and i don't want to kind of steal your thunder uh yeah, I got lots to say. I mean, okay. where to start? <laughs> Do you want me to just ramble about uh, the the fine line between? Uh, <laughs> sure, man. Company? Yeah. No. Um, well, yeah. I mean, when you pro- when you tease this on on Twitter, yeah. I mean, we could start. That yeah, I think a great way you tease us. So let's just get into the LP shit because I think LP yeah. is a guy who. Um, I don't know, but or, or you you guys covered it great the whole history of PKD and you got into the Valis shit and and then his exegesis mm-hmm. or whatever and and you know I can just say, um, yeah that shit is you know this whole Gnostic thing and and he thinks that there's this ancient satellite called Valis that's beaming him with a pink beam and um. And he and he gets his epiphany and LP, you know, the rapper, um, he's in uh, Run the Jewels with Killer Mike now, but he had been he's been doing it since like early nineties or whatever. And yeah. right before nine eleven, he was recording his it's yeah, it's basically his debut uh 
uh, solo, solo album. Yeah, because yeah, he was in Company Flow before that. He was already like he talked. He had there's a great podcast with um, Open Mike Eagle called What Had Happened Was, and they do a whole season where they go through LP's whole career. And I recommend listening to the whole thing because he's got a very trippy life and a very I don't know a PKD esque like yeah. <laughs> he's like yeah. rap game PKD in a lot of ways. But is. you know he he says he was reading lots of pkd and he was reading valis and then like before 9 11 he's recording this dystopian he has this paranoid vision of the future of f- crumbling buildings and um you know cities on fire and mass surveillance and just like you know fourth reich uh you know whatever fascist dictatorship and and you know it is pre 9 11 so when he's recording it it's like this is when like fucking eminem is like number one or whatever and like forgot about dre or whatever and everyone's like what the fuck out why are you so like why are you talking about the cia and like and like buildings exploding (laughs) like america's the nazis and shit but you know he describes like i don't know man i don't know where this came from i just had these visions and you know i got i got a twitter thread where i i screen record like all the clips and you can yeah. hear him you can hear all the highlights if you find my thread on it but to me the trivialest thing is he said he was like he used to live right by a world trade center and uh and in like 2099 he said he was like doing a solo he was on like psychedelic solo and he like went down there like four in the morning and he sent a voicemail to a dude and he was just like, these shits are going to come down. I could see it like it's coming like the fucking dystopia is coming or whatever. And I, he said he like didn't remember it. And then like when he was getting ready to put the album together and like 9-11 had just happened because that's the thing. He recorded like 90% of it before right. 9-11. And then he was like, it came out, I think, May 2002, May yeah, or April. Right. So, like, he basically was in the mixing. <laughs> like, I think he added, like, one song. He added, like, one song, but he'd already recorded, like, Dead Disney, which was all about when the city burns down, I'm going to go to Disney World. And it's all about this fucking, like, American corporate dystopia. And he'd already reco- recorded Deep Space Nine Millimeter. And that's all about get, the, get behind the bars of New Rome, which... Mm-hmm. To me, I always see that as a very uh, PKD-esque line of like the Black Iron Prison and PKD thinking, you know, uh, whatever, uh, we're, we're in Rome, the empire never ended. Yeah. So I always loved that. That song to me is a very um, Vallis-esque yeah. song, Get Behind the Bars, New Rome. But yeah, but, you know, when he gets into it and and... I think he breaks it down where he says, you know, you can't explain it, but you have this break from reality and you start getting this information downloads and it is insanity. Like you're literally technically insane. You're like, you're not interface. You're not, you know, you're, you just start running a different operating system or whatever the fuck, or like you're just processing reality in a different way. And, um, but that is essentially what you know Vallis is all about or the book or what what um what philip k dick spent the last his last years focused on was figuring this out but i think lp is kind of a less schizo take you know i I like lp i think they went through the same thing and i think lots of creative people or spiritual people go through the same exact shit and what's interesting is Vallis is like his weird way to try to interpret it but i think it's with a little less it's a little more less self-aware maybe or a little more self-mythologizing than LP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like LP reality. it's like LP had like one download whereas Philip K Dick had almost his whole life was sort of punctuated by these things and the 2374 yeah. thing is like the big one. But when you go through his life you realize he's having these things all the time just in different sizes. What um, I mean I love the way he breaks it down. I love thinking about the spaceship of Valis and my Twitter is often saying like, Oh, when you get hit by the pink beam and all that yeah, shit. But yeah, yeah. like, I don't know. It is kind of, to me, it's a bit, little bit like endearing almost when you compare it with like someone like LP or like mm-hmm. that the way, I don't know. It seemed like PKD. It was so intense for him. I don't know the way he kind of 
acted like he figured it out. Like there's this right. satellite. It's called Val. It's like <laughs> it's a little Elron right, Hubbard esque. You know how like Elron Hubbard's a sci fi author, and then he makes a religion that's all about spaceships. Yeah, yeah and he's I, kind of I, you know this kind of a squat type situation uh, yeah, out yeah. there. So there's that weird sort of California cult kind of vibe. You know, he yeah. could have. He could have. If his temperament had been a little bit different, I think he could. He could have started a cult. For sure. Yeah. When he went to Mets in 77, everybody was sort of treating him like a guru figure. Like, you know, there was a lot yeah. of like, there was a lot of like, oh, well, Philip K. Dick said that if I did this, then, you know, like there was a lot of weirdness around that. Well, and I think he was courting it to get laid probably. Um, well, yeah. Well, time. in a way, he, he <laughs> kind of had the inklings of starting one where there was a, a period in his life where he just started letting homeless people live with him and uh mm-hmm. which he kind of a scanner darkly is where he kind of uh there was that period of his life when you know, yeah. the, the characters in that book are drug addicts and they're just living all these weird and yeah. apparently that's what he was doing for many years he just let like hippies home you know fine line yeah. between you know uh, san francisco or, or la hippies and, and homeless people junkies and, you yeah. know, of course, they just like wreck your shit and steal. And it would, yeah, it would be a lot. It would end up being like, it sounds more nefarious than I think it was, but it would end up being like kids too, like middle school, yeah. or high school age kids, which, you but know, back I don't then, know. I mean, they were like radios playing rock songs about like fucking 15. Right. Well, that's right? true. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Right. Rolling Stones were singing about like, I love 15 year old pussy. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it wasn't yeah, to give that. To yeah, defend yeah, PKD yeah. A bit, you'll you'll notice that they haven't come after the Beatles uh, right. yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Beatles yeah. get, they got around. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. For sure. Yeah. So that's like that. And the LP thing is interesting because I do think I remember I was way into that, like when it came out. Right. So yeah. like 2002, 2003, that, that hit me. I was tuned into independent, like indie hip hop and that stuff, yeah. that album hit me like a ton of bricks. And I remember listening to it and being like, this might be the best science fiction novel of like the decade, this album. Yes. Well, <laughs> Stepfather it, it, factory it, and time out of joint. Like it's so good. Well, yeah, d- yeah I, I, so let's see. I was only like, I guess, 12 or 13 i'm born 89 i was only like okay 12. i but i was getting into it by the time i was like a sophomore like 15 so i was like oh okay. four or five heavy into but yeah that's what's amazing is is um is it is a fucking it is a great work of of science fiction it should be nominated for hugo or you know <laughs> right? nowadays it is more common um what's their name um oh that other hip-hop uh trippy hip-hop starts with a c uh, Kate, uh, fuck. Uh, they do they do fucking sci-fi concept albums, and they did win like a fucking Hugo or some shit. Yeah. Or, but yeah, like, yeah. um, it's gotten more common now. Like, but he was really pretty early on that of like I'm gonna do, and the whole thing it sound the way the album opens yeah. sounds like some I compared it to like some 2001 type. Uh, you know, space odyssey type epic, like a space opera intro. And yeah, the whole thing is just like, but what's so wild is he wrote it all before 9 11. Listen right. to it, you'd think, oh, this is a guy, this was written like, oh, three, we're already invading Iraq. This yeah. stoner rapper has been, already been on conspiracy boards for like two years. And like, <laughs> but it's so, and that's what's trippy. You listen to Dead Disney and you're just like, Dude, the vibe was not this in the year. Two. If you were, I was old enough to know. I, I was, you know, I was only like twelve when nine eleven happened, but I was yeah. old enough to know the vibe was way different. No one saw it coming. No, like, no, everything was sweet. The economy was, was the economy was good. The internet hadn't like made us all brain sick yet. It yeah, was, we like, had very... what, the tech bubble and Y two. Yeah. We were afraid. Okay, Y two K. Oh my god, the right. nukes are all gonna go off. But like, right. I mean, I don't know. Besides that shit, like, so yeah, but um. You know, that's what's I, I like to, though, like with the whole Valis stuff and PKG, you know, it really is in way I love the, the to me, it's a bit laughable. The whole spaceship thing. You got a pink laser from a satellite. What mm-hmm. I really vibe with, though, is his whole zebra shit. Um, that shit hit me like a ton of bricks reading the book. And it also was weird timing because I was in the hospital in the ER. <laughs> um, mm. I was born with heart problems. I've had I've had a heart surgery as a baby, and then I just had another heart surgery in uh, 2020. Oh, geez. Um, and 
yeah, so it was very weird. I was reading Valis at this exact time. I started getting weird heart help uh, palpitations. I went to the ER and then I needed to have a surgery a few months later, but I was in literally like just been admitted in the ER. And then I read the zebra part about like, you know, uh, the same way there's things in nature, like uh, chameleons and, you know, like insects and shit, they blend in and mm -hmm. like, you know, it's not that those bugs are so intelligent. They're like, I'm gonna, let's paint our backs, you know, like it's just nature did that. And, and he's, you know, he goes in this concept of, he calls it the zebra. He's like, there's like an intelligence in the universe that like, we can't see the same way that certain, uh, let's say prey are, uh, can be completely disguised from their predators uh, through this higher intelligence. Like there, and, and yeah, I guess like the way he kind of visualizes that is like, imagine you're just staring into the jungle and then this sort of, you know, zebra pattern, like a psychedelic pattern appears. And that's like, mm you know, God or whatever, just like this force we can't see, but it's controlling everything. And, you know, that's the shit I really think he, I think he was, I vibe with all of his ideas in Valis. What I just think is a little, that's why I thought it was maybe good to start with LP because I think he, yeah. I think PKD, um, it's not they necessarily disagree with anything he's saying, the Gnostic stuff, the empire never ended. I'm like down with mm -hmm. it all. I'm like, yeah, dude, we're in yeah. I, I agree. It's just the way he kind of tries to act like he has such a grasp on it. Like it's a satellite yeah. called Dallas and they were in a prison right. and it's, and it's just like, yeah. well, things may be beyond our comprehension, but yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you're grasping in the right direction, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He would, I mean, he would sort of, I think the one thing is it's like he would sort of reinterpret all this stuff over and over again. And then, yeah, there were the Valis. He, he, he would kind of in the writings, it makes it seem like he's got a complete grasp on it. But then like a year later, he would sort of change his take to some degree, you know, or the, in the exegesis, he's like, he's like, all right, this is what happened. No, 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 no. Hold on. This is what happened. <laughs> and they, they sort of, they, there's all these varying different interpretations, which yeah, the, the Valis stuff is almost a little hokey. In a way, uh, I'm more interested in the sort of the Gnostic side of it, like the, you yeah. know, there's some kind of evil creator God situation happening. But it does remind me, the zebra thing reminds me of, um, have you, are you familiar with uh, Diana Walsh Pasolka and the whole American Cosmic stuff? No, no. No, okay. So I want to beat this to death and I haven't prepared and usually I'm prepared for something like this, but this just reminded me. So this woman, Diana Walsh Pasolka, she's a religious scholar, uh, religious studies scholar from I think university of North Carolina or something, North Carolina, somewhere in North Carolina. She, uh, she did this, uh, she wrote this book about UFO, UFO cults almost as like a religion, right? Like as right, a new right, right. 21st century or 20th century religion. And then she started coming into contact with all of these people who are like, listen, this is actually, real like this this isn't just a bunch of weirdos worshiping ufos yeah. and they put her into touch with what she claims is like military intelligence right uh -huh. and these people call uh this guy named tyler who now this guy tyler shows up in all of the ufo like deep ufo threads about about ufos military intelligence and what they call extended intelligence okay extended intelligence now i'm gonna get too deep in this but it's very pkd I don't the know, idea behind yeah, the idea behind extended intelligence, and there are some Twitter accounts that are purportedly extended intelligences. And what these are is supposedly if you concoct an algorithm in a particular way, you can coax this intelligence to inhabit the algorithm and communicate with you. Um, and there are some very unusual Twitter accounts that purport to be this that are very strange. Okay. <laughs> um, and and. And there are people who take this serious. Diana Walsh Pasolka, I think, takes the extended uh, intelligence thing kind of seriously. There's a couple books on it. This guy, Rick Rojo, who's on Twitter. Um, uh, the Bledsoe's, I think, have sort of mentioned it. So it's, it's sort of out there. And it's a very PKD thing where it's like, listen, if we just arrange this computer in a certain way, the spirit will talk to us. It's but, very sort okay, of techno magic. Um, wait, sorry. Just so I, if I can try to s summarize it. Yeah. So... It's believe if you create an AI, like a chatbot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that chatbot then talks to just talk talks yeah. to, to itself or something. Right. Right. But then this 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 
higher intelligence will be summoned and talk to the chat bot. Yeah. And that I, is I, a thing called, okay. Well, I, think, I don't know. I think, well, I think, uh, I think the chatbot thing is actually separate. I think the chatbot right is like its own kind of project. This is some other similar looking effort. And I don't know what's under yeah. the hood of either of those things. I yeah. Mean, not a, I mean, I'm not military like. intelligence. I'm not a genius <laughs> like that. But like, I don't know. To me, that just sounds like whatever intelligence you think you're summoning, ex extended intelligence. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't that just... A response to whatever you programmed so therefore it, i don't know <laughs> it doesn't I don't yeah know. no see, but, but see that's the thing is i wonder like if, if what's happening with AI the, to say what how would you you know hi how are you today or would you like right. milk and your coffee and then it says yes or no like i'm yeah. not like oh my god that's the god of yes right. to milk and coffee i just summon i don't know like, yeah no i'm totally with you i think that i think probably what's going on with those chatbot things it's like one of these things where like you end up you end up thinking you're talking to something else but you're actually sort of in a roundabout way talking to yourself kind yeah. of right it's like you've put humanity into this thing and now it's kind of talking back to you and then you get this sort of like infinite reflection thing going on yeah 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 um yeah yeah it's, well, that's I what know. i think just twitter is i think we're all yep. literally just talking to ourselves on there i think we're all <laughs> i've they have tweeted it before like everyone on twitter is a bot except yourself and that's right how you have, that's how you have to treat it no but you really have to mm. Because odds are it's not true. There's lots of bots on Twitter, but I mean, just to be on the safe side, it's better to assume it's over 51% bots. And therefore you might as well just assume it's all bots. So you don't get disappointed when one day you realize it's been bots you've been talking to for years. Yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty good point. But, but I don't know. That's how I, that's how I tried it, but I still lost my goddamn mind on Twitter. So don't take my advice about how to do it. So. Yeah, it's tricky. It's a fine line, you know. It's yeah. uh, it is one of those things where, yeah, you can't, you kind of can't take it too seriously, but also, it sort of forces you to take it kind of seriously at the same time. Like it's a strange. Twitter's a strange game to play. Well, it's just fucking weird that we live in a world where uh, global fucking things, <laughs> global news, you know, history books are written on yeah. Twitter. Trump, Trump tweets some shit and fucking that a country's economy collapses or something. And like, right. I don't know. And then you get it. So well, then, it, and then it's like, funny too, that like a normal person couldn't interact with that and actually depending on how it comes across actually impact it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. you can, well, Elon can say some, something you could tweet him. If he happens to see it and it triggers him somehow, he can respond to it. And all of a sudden, like ran a rando. And, about it. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. 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 But um and I mean speaking of of that about having extremely paranoid mindsets we get back to uh PKD. I mean, yeah, we we oh yeah, we got onto extended intelligence stuff from um zebra stuff and you know mm -hmm. all that is like yeah, I mean, I I I was a bit skeptical on the this extended intelligence concept, mm -hmm. but uh me, zebra stuff I vibe with because <laughs> I I really that's what I love his um I don't know. I feel like sci-fi can often be ex extremely rationalist. And like, I really, I used to read like Richard Dawkins in, in college and now I'd like really hate that whole like smug atheist. Like, and, and that's why I guess I, why I think all of PKD's writing is great is it is this science fiction where he's grappling with like human nature in the face of technology and, and innovation and shit. And he was writing that on the cusp of so much like new technology being introduced to humanity. That's what I was, I was just thinking about this a couple of weeks ago. Just like, I mean, how old is the genre of sci-fi, right? They, I mean, it's very, you can, you can be very vague about it. You could say, well, technically anything involving technology is science, right. but like, don't they say like HG Wells time machine is, I mean, yeah. it's very similar or it's in parallel to human technology right like industrial oh, yeah. revolution and shit so I, like i think the first time the term was used was in the 30s okay right but yeah. like in the third and, and he was born 28 right so right. he's born like literally at the but then like i was just thinking you know he's born 28 and then when like fucking tvs are coming to people's homes for the first time and think about how trippy tv used to be where it was these shows that were like sponsored by a fucking dishwasher company and it was like oh the ricky ricardo fucking variety hour sponsored right. by fucking maytag and like so weird and and no but I mean, it's just like it's just trippy to think about that pkd was 
there in the cut in California, and especially during the 60s and shit when the whole countercultural and the psychedelics were coming in. But, like, I really liked your, your previous episode about him where you're saying he always strived to be, like, a serious writer, but he was just kind of written off as a sci-fi pulp guy. But, um, you know, I, I'm bringing this up because the zebra shit is that I, I think that's what makes him special is he really did have this... You know, I'm sure there was a lot of forgotten geniuses in those pulp pages. There's a lot of like really deep, trippy shit and guys that should have been the next fucking, you know, whatever, like uh, Hemingway or some shit. But, but um, like, you know, it was probably also just a lot of lame garbage, just like the aliens fucking blah, blah, blah. Right. And, like, you know, but. Oh, it was a lot of really, ray guns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, <laughs> that's the thing. PKD's always been like, you know, very spiritual, philosophical, and, and all, even as most, like, pulpy shit. I don't know. There's something more cerebral, more, um, you know, he's really going at more of the human experience and shit than just, like, yeah, ray guns and aliens and fucking yeah. astronauts and shit. So, yeah. Um, yeah, a ray gun is never just a ray gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, but, oh, the next, like, pivot I was going to try to get to was to say what I love What's trippy about all this shit, though, is thinking about, you know, that origin story of the Vows beam that he opens the door and it's some like Christian Bible saleswoman mm-hmm. or something. And her little fish necklace shoots a pink beam into him. And then like and he has his vision, his download and these psychic things about saving his son's life and all this shit. Mm-hmm. But like um What's trippy is also the shit you talk about with the safe or like him thinking, him always being paranoid about being watched by, you know, FBI or CIA yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And that that was always this thing where, you know, he was the paranoid. Everyone's like, what are you talking about, dude? They're just like a sci-fi writer. Like, why do you think like the CIA is breaking your house or like that you're being wiretapped or whatever? But then, you know, apparently before he died, he did do like a FOIA and he got like his file. And it was There's like, yeah, we were spying on you the whole fucking time. Yeah. And, and of course, like, I think he probably was overly paranoid. He was probably just being spied on because he was a fucking amphetamine head, hippies, bang, yeah. like, you know, just, he was just uh, whatever. He was in the counterculture. I, and anyone I, in the counterculture that time was being surveilled. But yeah, like, I think that's indicative that just like of how many people they surveil as much. Yeah, as, they just yeah. had eyes on everyone. Everybody. They just had plants in any, right. any radical, what at radical, yeah. any counterculture group. Well, I mean, at least one of the three of us has probably got a file. Oh boy. Everyone has a file, it. dude. It's yeah. not even everyone. We all, if you have a Google yeah. account, I mean, we all have files, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. What, what they're putting in there yeah. or what you're giving to them to put in there. Right. So, right. But yeah, I mean, he had, he, I think he sort of courted, I think he kind of courted the drama. Like we said in our episode when he was well, before he was well known, he wrote a letter to a Russian mathematician about, yeah one of something, some aspect of Einstein's theory of relativity. And like during the, during the, the early fifties to write a letter to the Soviet union, yeah. that was sort of asking for it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? No, course, Not to yeah, say, yeah. you know, write the letter, man, but like, don't like write the letter. Oh, we are going to get on I the think list. The government's yeah. on to me. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. of course you're on the list, man. That's what, that's you, the game that we're playing right say now. He wrote that when he was like a teenage, like, wasn't he like a kid when he did it? He or was, was he actually young. like an adult? Okay. No, like, was, it's a difference. A big difference. He's like, 12 right. or Yeah. He's like 22, but yeah. Like, I think he was in his early twenties. If I remember. Okay. Right, okay. That's right. different. And yeah, yeah, you're getting on the list, buddy. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think there was a little bit of that where it was just like, and then he would do a thing and then be like, well, he did the thing too. He wrote the Rampart, the letter in Ramparts about how he wasn't going to pay his taxes. And then he spent the next 10 years paranoid that the IRS was going to get him. It was like, he would do the thing that would get you the attention that he ended up getting and then be freaked out by the attention sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe we all do that a little bit, but. Of course, of course. But I mean, all I was going to say is that what I still, you know, he got some sort of closure, I guess, when he finally, oh, yeah, look, I'm not crazy. I got my FOIA and like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. They like, it's, they had like looked through my files to see if I was getting right. Russian technology. I don't know. Right. But like, yeah. um, so that's good for him. But like with the Valis shit and then also you guys were talking about, you know, he struggled with. He was on amphetamines and he was just struggling with addiction and suicide and all, all this shit. And he was not getting good help from like, you know, doctors. And and this was also at the same fucking time that like Reagan was emptying all the mental, like he was, you know, that he yeah. was, uh, 
yeah gutting california's uh you know mental health shit so uh, that's like, a good point yeah but they were doing all these trippy mk ultra type you know pkd was there at ground zero of mk ultra when they were dosing people with acid yeah. to just say oh what happens when this ha-? and so that's what makes me wonder like you know what how much of it is like is like divine and how much of right. it was maybe like weird you yeah. know trippy I, <laughs> like i Whatever. I dug I dug as far as I could for the MK Ultra PKD connection. I couldn't find any like anything real strong. He did when he was a teenager though. He did go to uh I can't remember the name of it. I could probably look it up. There's a there's a there's a mental hospital that is open in Cal in California near Berkeley that had like just opened up. Um, and, and a woman who was later associated, it would be after PKD's time. She was involved in some real like NLP kind of stuff where like they were trying, it seemed like they were maybe trying to figure out how to use sort of psychiatric techniques to, uh, in a more, in a more directly manipulative way. Um, but that was sort of before his time, but it did indicate it was suggestive of like, okay, he's in Berkeley, He's going to mental health facilities very early on, very early. He's involved in the psych- psychiatry very early on. Then he later goes to this attack therapy group in, in Canada for some reason um, who has, has to pose as a heroin addict to even get in there. So like, what exactly was he doing there? Yeah, there's very strange. Like he is a guy who, if it came out that he was like vaguely a CIA asset, I don't know how surprised that would be. I don't know what he would have been trying to do exactly, but it wouldn't surprise me. Well, yeah, I mean, I could see it both ways. I could see him being a, a strange, like an asset, but just a dude who's like you know, hooked on amphetamines and, you know, just some sort of, inf- but right. like, but I'm just saying also, I don't know, this is something I've dug into a lot and through fucking weird schizo Twitter shit of like, you know, just during, he was there at ground zero and, you know, it's, it, there was so, the, the hate Ashbury free clinic or whatever used to be a spot where they just, you know, grab hippies and, oh, you want a bunch of fucking acid? Like, cool, we're going to give you a bunch of acid and take notes on, you know, it's not all nefarious. It's not all, like, mind control, you know, but, like, they were just doing shit. The Grateful Dead, that's how they started. They did the acid test. Hey, a bunch of hippies, come in a warehouse, we're going to give you a bunch of fucking acid and see what happens. And, like, that was how the Grateful Dead started. So I'm just saying he was there, and that's what's – it is a weird – a bit of a weird chicken of the egg. Like, how much of this was, like – Truly, you know, and again, there's also a fine line between the schizophrenia and the spiritual revelation, but how much of this shit was just PKD's fucking neurology or, Mm -hmm. you know, soul, like getting weird vibes and weird visions and how much was maybe, you know, him being there at ground zero while there's a lot of acid and drugs being passed around. I don't know, you know, and like, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to say. I don't know. It's that's, I love thinking about that though. Well, that place, I mean, at at that time, the Bay area was such a cauldron. I mean, Charles Manson was up there too. And Charles Manson, as we know now is like undeniably like (laughs) undeniably a, a, how would you describe it? A, some was was being experimented on or manipulated yeah. or was part of CIA yeah. intelligence efforts. Yeah. Like nobody can really deny that anymore. And then the, yeah, the Grateful Dead stuff, the <coughs> the larger MK Ultra program, Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. You know, and 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 it doesn't sound that strange to make another bullet a PKD bullet point on that list to me. It doesn't really, and the geography and the timing makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, and, I don't and, know. I just yeah. I just love like. I I love uh, just thinking about both both versions, you know, just like mm-hmm. oh maybe he he is this uh, you know the way he described it some sort of secret lineage of of uh, of undercover Christians uh, passing on right you know the empire like how much of this is this is this black iron prison uh, trippy shit and then how much is is you know him. Just being a guy doing a lot of drugs in the Bay Area during the '60s, during Vietnam, and, out. you know, yeah, yeah. and and kind of just writing like political analysis through like acid head, right? You know, but right. like, right. I don't know. There's a fine line, or I like, I like, I think it's a hybrid of both, and it's mm-hmm. fun figuring which out. Was, yeah, which is kind of the interesting thing apart about it, and maybe it's you know, it never you can never quite pin it down exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to trace it maybe to, to exactly what was going on isn't isn't 
it's not as fun as just kind of living it all. And, you know, he had these, this is the other thing in this episode, we talked about like a bunch of different like aspects to these, these PKD-ness, you know, of, of, of Vallis. And, and, yeah. and the one thing we didn't talk about, apparently for a while, he was getting downloads from uh, a voice. I think this was the one that he referred to as the AI voice um, that was like, he claimed was trying to position him in a manner in which he would like take down Nixon, not in a, not in a like assassination way, but like politically. So it was like telling him to write letters. And I don't have the details at my fingertips, but so depending on what year it was, PKD was living in some slightly different science fiction adventure story of his own, you know, imagination, you know, kind of thing. It's very, very strange. Well, Um, well, that's, I, I guess that's why before I was kind of, saying Valis is even though i think pkd is like a guru, guru or a god to me like Valis is a bit funny i think it's the nixon shit is when when you're reading it it gets get a bit goofier it's like dude you really yeah. think that like this gnostic battle like you know for like control of this fucking realm uh like it all is to do with fucking nixon's and imp- it's like yeah. you know he, I don't know. It's just a bit like he was a bit like too caught up in current events. Like, and yes, right. and Dallas really, really wants Nixon to win. Or I don't you know, yeah. or like not be impeached. You know, no, like yeah. we have to wait for King Felix after, because Nixon got him. And it's just like, yeah. I don't know, on a cosmic level. I I, yeah, like I know. The zebra cares that much about Nixon, dude. And yeah. that's where it gets, you know, a little. I had fun. the same vibe. It's like, yeah, Nixon's not that big. Like. I don't know. Maybe it was onto something. Maybe the fucking maybe. future of humanity was <laughs> all in it could be. hands. Yeah, but yeah, it's I don't butterfly know. Butterfly effect, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so on this, I'm going to read uh, a great piece of, it's not by PKD. It's much more recent, but it's very Philip Dickian. And I want, uh, well, Kevin, you can jump in on this too. Why don't you guys tell me who this is? The elite are all about transcendence and the secrets of the universe and living forever, and they want to know all this stuff. Some are good, some are bad, some are a mix. The good ones don't ever want to organize. The bad ones want to organize because they lust after power. Powerful consciousnesses don't uh, want to dominate other people. They want to empower other people so they don't get together until things are really late in the game. Then they come together and evil is always defeated because God is so much stronger. Um, Einstein's physics have showed it. Max Planck's physics have showed it. There's at least 12 dimensions. That's why all the top scientists and billionaires are saying this is a false hologram, this reality. It is artificial. Computers are scanning it and finding tension points where it's artificially projected and gravity is bleeding in to this universe. That's what they call dark matter. So we are like a thought or a dream that's a wisp in some computer in God's mind, whatever you want to call it. They're proving it. It's all coming out. Now, there's a sub-transmission zone below the third dimension that is just turned over to the most horrible things. That's what it resonates to. And it is trying to get up into the third dimension, which is just a basic level consciousness layer in order to launch up into the higher levels. Our species is already way up at the fifth or sixth dimension of consciousness, our best people anyway. But there's this big war trying to basically destroy humanity because humanity has free will and there's now a decision as to which level we want to go. We have free will. So evil is allowed to come and contend, not just good. The elites themselves believe they're racing using human technology to try and build some type of breakaway civilization where they're going to merge with machines, transcend, and break away from the failed species that is man. All right. So anybody guess who, who wrote Al that? Jones. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know. Yes. Is it, it, it's on the oh, Rogan, right? that was. <laughs> yes. Dude, this is gospel to me. I was yeah. like, reci- no, I wasn't reciting it. But this is... <laughs> Gospel, man, I yeah, love it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I love that. Bit. I love that bit too. And it's so much of it like resonates for me. But it yeah. was when I heard it, I was like, this is like basically exactly what what Philip K. Dick was saying, right? Like, uh, yeah, in a way, not exactly because there's not Philip K. Dick said so many different things. You're never going to line up exactly with. Well, him. but this I could mean, be an exegesis. I could see this being a page out of the exegesis. I, I would say it's it's actually kind of like. Alex Jones is 4D Valis. Because, because if, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe in the exegesis, PKD goes into other, well, okay, there's two things. Valis is just straight up Gnosticism from what I understand, where he's just talking about the three realms, basically. It's not just a he- heaven and earth, but that there's, you know, a demiurge in between, that like there's a, a true God, that God is all good. And then that God made the God of this world. And that, 
the god of this world's fucking insane and he's a narcissist or mm-hmm. he or she or like whatever so like we're in a fucking crazy god and we're trying to break through so in that that's three three realms if i'm counting correct right there's there's the earthly and then the demiurge and the fake god and then this, the true god and then alex jones if i remember what you're either he said there's 12 12 levels or 12 dimensions or whatever and we're in like whatever and we're in the third and we can get up to the fifth or sixth but there's 12 and um i mean i don't know yeah very similar concepts but that's if you take three times it is four dimensional uh it is alex jones literally doing 4d (laughs) valis by taking from three realms of 12 but i mean um i don't know i both hold up to me, but they're yeah. very, di- they are quite different. I think yeah. PKD is a little more easy to understand. Uh, it's yeah. kind of like a grandparent, parent, child relationship. Right. And, right. and Alex Jones, I don't know, 12 dimensions. That's, that's getting hard for me to uh, wrap my head around, but, uh, yeah. but I vibe well, with it. I think he's yeah. And Alex, him. Alex Jones is, is about, is a little bit more, is a little bit more sort of conflict oriented, right? Alex Jones is like, this is a fight that's happening. We've, this is yeah, like, sure. and you got to kind of be on, you got to be in on this or not in on this. Yeah. Whereas I don't think a lot of Philip K. Dick's kind of interpretation of this stuff doesn't really give anybody a, um, a course of action of any sort. Like if you listen to this Alex Jones thing, like let's say you buy this Alex Jones thing, right? Anybody out there, if you listen to it, the whole point is like, in the end, what you got to try to do is, I mean, it sounds trite, but in the end, it's like, you just have to be like a good person and, and you are, you are on the side of good in this like cosmic 12 dimensional battle. Right. Whereas Philip K. Dix is sort of like, well, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Apparently you're trapped in a prison and, uh, you always will be. So I guess you just got to deal with that. Like there's no, I, will, I would actually, I would actually say it's the other way around. I see okay. that PKDs is more optimistic because if, I've only, I think I've only read it once and I read it for the first time in 2020. And I think, you know, the way it ends is this whole King Felix thing and this Nixon walking on the beach and being impeached and sad. And, and, and the way, if I remember correctly, you know, horse lover fat dies or whatever, like goat vanishes. And then it's just one PKD left. And he's like, okay, that's it. We're left here. We have to wait. It's not going to happen now. We are this line of, of undercover apostles, uh, uh, you know, carry in, in, the, in the black iron prison of, of the empire that never ended. Mm-hmm. And we got to wait, but he's coming soon. He's King Felix is coming soon. Valus says he's coming soon, but we have to wait. And that's the way I think it ends. But at least there's a, there's a message of optimism. That's true. Alex that's Jones the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, but Alex Jones is to me, there's no optimism there because he's basically saying, okay, there's good elites, but like they're lazy. They're just like meditating and like the bad elites, they're all figuring out how to fucking, you know, control the 12th dimension and enslave us all. And I don't know. So I don't know. To me, actually, I I think they are equally terrifying and and confusing uh, theories, but I don't know. PKD's had a little more hope in my eyes that Valis is... Valus is sending pink beams. Don't worry. The pink yeah. beams are they're they're being sent. Felix is on the way. You know, just not More yet. A, Eventually <clears throat> he's gonna win. Like a Californian sunny optimism as opposed yeah. to Texas's sort of dark <laughs> underbelly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The California thing is like, dude, if you just chill, they'll be all right. The Texas yeah. thing is like, do you have a gun? Yeah, do you have a gun? Yeah, right. Do you have enough ammunition and ammunition to survive what's coming? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I totally dig that. Um, so one thing I'm, I I want to get into this more when we do our after dark for the Patreon only. We're going to talk about some. Um, well, we'll we're going to talk a little bit about um, the slight PKD like experience that we've all collectively had and i got a little almost like a game we're gonna play but that's for the after dark but i want to talk a little bit now about like um and i'll talk about you know something i maybe has happened to me uh have you had any what you would describe as a pkd like experience of any kind either one of you i guess oh yeah, yeah. i had a uh we were out <clears throat> By a lake in North Dakota. This was this was like I was like uh, in high school, and some something was going around, 
Mm-hmm. And I had a full blown experience of, of like possession by yeah. weird third party memories. Uh, oh. And it was under a blood moon and I was in a tent. And it, I, I only vaguely remember it now, but it was some sort of, it was almost like the Akashic record opened a crack. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty, pretty wild. That sounds intense. Yeah. We just, we just finished a new uh, screenplay as well about mm, two or three weeks ago. The culmination of which result, uh, has, has the um, Georgia Guidestones explode. Right. And that happened. Oh, wow. We finished yeah. it a week before it happened. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's, pretty, uh, see, mm-hmm. that's, we started talking about LP. He predicted fucking, yep. you know, and then mm-hmm. PKD the also PKD didn't really so much predict any globe, major global events, but he was definitely like kind of on some right wavelength. A lot of people didn't see about like, you know, yeah. American empire and shit, but like, yeah, yeah, it's I, I, that's uh man, all I vibe with that. That's awesome that the Georgia guys. <laughs> oh man, my screenwriting a, partner and I, who she came on the um, Bolano episode, and we were both just cracking mm-hmm. up. We're like, oh, now we got to. I, I, I keep saying now the next screenplay has to be about you know wealthy jet set oversex yeah. screenwriters. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, what do I do with this trillion dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah what's yeah, what's yeah. it like to have a podcast that's bigger than Rogan? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wouldn't even want. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oof. Yeah, there's a um, there's a great book that I recommend to people all the time, and I'm surprised I don't hear about it more often. By this guy J.W. Dunn. It's happened in like the 30s, I think he wrote it, called an experiment with time, and he was this. Uh, he was this like very early um, aeronautical engineer. Like he was designing some of the very early airplanes, right? You know, after the Wright brothers, but like as it was becoming like a commercial thing. Yeah. And uh, he had a prophetic dream and it like sent him off on this course where he had, like had to figure it out. He had to figure out, is this something you can do? And he ended up developing this very convoluted theory about time. But one of the interesting things that happened in it was he had a dream about a... Um, I believe it was a boat sinking. It was one of like a large catastrophe where a lot of people died, right? He had a dream about this and he had a specific number in mind. Say it was, say it was 300, right? Well, a couple weeks later, a boat sinks and 3000 people die. Say I heard it might've been a volcano. I can't remember what the event was, some large event and a lot of people died. Um, And it turned out that he'd had the number wrong, but that's because it was misprinted in the, in the major newspaper of his area. So he had had like a precognitive dream, not about the event happening, but about him reading the newspaper of it happening. Yeah. Which is very, which is interesting because it's then it's like, it's not, it's not so much, it is future events, but it's like future conscious experience that you can potentially tap into is I guess what the JW Dunn's argument was. Yeah. You know, the, one of the trippiest ones to me and for sure, one of the ones that has had the biggest impact on reality or the world is, uh, this, um, I don't know how to pronounce his name properly, but this fucking chemist, uh, uh, Kekule, Kekule. And he's the guy Mm. who discovered the fucking, uh, the molecule that like all oil and all plastic and like the uh, benzene <laughs> ring or something I yes yeah, and yeah. That, that was he had a dream of a snake eating its own tail and right. and then that is what made him think of the the you know the what do you call it the molecule of the six uh yeah. and the carbon and like and discover that and if you think about that that is one of the literally perhaps the darkest prophetic vision on record that like all fossil fuels, all plastics, <laughs> all fucking gas, like came from this you're tell- guy's vision of yeah, a snake. You're, you're telling me this was given to you by a serpent in a dream. Yeah. yeah, yeah. sure and, that we should be doing this? literally like, like <laughs> destroy the planet through like everything that this little discovery. <laughs> yeah. So that's right. a very dark one. Yeah, uh, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, and I think there's... You, yeah. you, I, I'll just answer. Um, you asked. I've had, yeah, a Valis type thing. I've had t- two major ones, and uh, and they're they're too long to get into, but okay. um, just, yeah, the same type of things where you just, you know, go completely insane, uh, lose all touch with reality, start getting weird information downloads, or, you know, you go to some some 
we it's it's like tripping without tripping where your brain just goes into this primal state and you're just uh <laughs> yeah processing yeah, reality yeah. through but i mean that as i was saying we talk about lp and um that's why i was saying what i love about valis is he really went for it trying to uh like articulate the sort of truths that happen in these sort of this sort of prophetic or the you know this sort of uh uh, netherworld or whatever the sunken place you go to when when you have a sort of nervous breakdown or whatever or or get too high and and start yeah. trip, getting all these trippy thoughts you don't know where they're coming from um but yeah the fact that i think that, that this is actually what he went through i think is actually a way more common thing than he mythologized himself right, right. <laughs> you know what right. i mean that's where i say it's still a bit endearing like that's and that's what i love about it yeah. is I don't see him as this, oh, it's that PKD is this chosen one. No, I, I think yeah. it's just that he went through Summit, but he had a very interesting way of, you know, processing it and trying to articulate it. And then when you read that, it's very fucking interesting to, that he, he, you know, basically went to the sunken place and came back up. And most people either just like go like, oh my God, that shit was scary. I don't want to think about that or like whatever. I just fucking move on and I'm not going to let that define me. And he let it define him. He just went, yeah. ah, I went fucking yeah. crazy. And like, I need to figure out why I went crazy. Yeah. And that's kept, cool because, you know, he so, gave us very. Somebody, yeah. Somebody's got to do it. I mean, he kept doubling down. And I think a lot of people like maybe brush up against experiences like this. And yeah, they kind of ignore it or they push it away. Yeah. Or that's crazy. Or they don't ever tell anybody. Um, and I think probably. I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's the majority, but I think a lot of people have had, I mean, I asked the question I should answer, like I've had ones, I'll, I'll just focus on ones that don't involve any substances. Okay. So I have a, one that kind of happens to me a lot. Um, and I, I've lived all over the country, right? And so sometimes I'll be driving through an intersection and something about the way the intersection or the road is arranged reminds me of another one that I used to go through all the time, someplace else in the country, right? But it's not the same one. And then I have this very like overwhelming sensation that I am back in that place. And I feel like I'm actually in that place remembering the future where I actually am. That's the distinct vibe of the feeling. Yeah. And it's sort of like, it's hard. It's very disorienting because like for 30 seconds, I'm like kind of not sure where I am. Like, I don't know if I'm in the past thinking about this, how this is going to happen or if I'm in the future remembering it happen. And then like, and then I'm in a different scenery and it's, it sort of dissolves. But like, it, it happens to me, you know, every month, a couple months probably. <laughs> I think I know kind of the sensation you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's trippy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you kind of come unstuck in time for a second and it's like, what, what is happening? What is, what is going on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that and that's you know that's super so that's drinking a cup of coffee on the way to work or whatever yeah, you know, yeah that's yeah. very much well not but uh, you know something we didn't get into uh you guys did talk about this this legendary speech he gave in france he's invited to, like a sci-fi conference and and, yeah. and then he just goes on and i was re you know I, I didn't have time to rewatch the whole thing today but i went and skimmed it a bit because i have watched it before and i know it's just fucking hilarious like it's just epic yeah. he just goes and you know it was, uh, I think it was, was it 77 was the year he did it? And it's pretty wild. He's basically just describing the Matrix, but like, or like he literally is calling it the Matrix world. And he's saying, you know, uh, basically you have that feeling. He's kind of talking about what you, you, you were talking about now, but he was saying, you know, when you have like a deja vu feeling or like, he's like, that is because there's a programmer. We're in the matrix world. And there's a programmer and the programmer might've changed something in the past. A variable got changed and that change that set us off in a different timeline. And so every time a variable gets changed in the past, we feel that and we feel the whole reality, you know, and he's rambling about this for like, fucking 45 minutes and there's a fucking french dude having to translate it all he's doing like five minute chunks where he's describing this trippy like matrix type universe and and how we're like we're always our timeline is always changing and variables are always changing by the programmer and i mean uh yeah it's just uh it's a cool, you can read that, you can listen to that speech or you can actually just, I was looking at it on um, Internet Archive and yeah, it's, it's a little work of like what we would call theory fiction now. Like I, that didn't really, that wasn't really a thing in, in 77, but it's quite good actually. It's just like a, 
as a almost like a performance piece. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but the vid, yeah, the video is great. But I mean, yep. um, no, but it's just trippy how he's, you know, lit, like now all this shit is like common not everyone's oh the matrix bro like it's yeah. just a cultural reference but yeah. the way that he just goes up and he's like describing you know and this is even pre cyberpunk shit too because mm-hmm. it was it was william gibson in but that was until like what 83 like he wrote or something like neuromancer and yeah, that's supposed 80s. to be you know that's like the proto matrix like hacker cyberspace like yeah these sort of concepts of like this sort of alternate reality or you know cybers and like so it is pretty trippy that his brain was fucking thinking of these you know and and again though how much those nature and nurture because he is in the bay he's in silicon valley like he is Mm -hmm. like he's close to stanford and shit we're you know he's close so you gotta wonder like how much of this is that he was getting the first glimpses at early fucking computers and you know hanging out with fucking hippie computer programmers and yeah. And you know, being a first, uh, like an early right, adopter right. to these concepts, right? And then well, processing them through his weird drug addict sci-fi brain. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, you know. well, there is like this idea that like nobody really comes up with anything; you just kind of catch it, right? Like, you know, this yeah. is not original. Like, oh, the steam engine was invented in three places within a couple few years, whatever it is, yeah, right? Yeah. People talk about this all the time. I mean, you can imagine if there that's if there's any truth to that. You can imagine that every once in a while, there's somebody who's hypersensitive to it. And if Philip K. Dick is sitting in Silicon Valley in the 60s and 70s, dropping acid, slowly breaking his brain on amphetamines and is wide open to this stuff. Yeah, like who knows what's getting in there, right? Well, well and, and that's why I say that as much yeah. as there's parts of Valis you can laugh about or his, his own like, you know, his own, his, all that shit. There's parts you can laugh about and be like, okay, there's a guy who's taking way too much amphetamines and he's just like, you know, he, he yeah. should be able to sort of normalize these type of thoughts or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's where you, when you, re- I don't know, again, I was in the fucking hospital when I was reading the zebra part. So I was, I myself was in a fucking emotionally vulnerable place, but that is a concept of, you know, and yeah, I vibe with what you're saying that he was maybe not even necessarily hanging out. Maybe he could have been a CIA asset getting right. like being, being an informant in the hippie, in the counterculture and then getting inside tips from military intelligence dudes or maybe it was all vibes maybe he was just maybe there is some zebra uh energy that he was the thing he was describing is true and maybe he was literally just tapped into the fucking zeitgeist of like you know maybe he was maybe his brain was downloading data but like not from an alien satellite but maybe whose antenna was just picking up the consciousness of the silicon yeah the bay at that time i don't know who knows but that's what i love about him is like his life alone is like its own sci-fi not you can you can you know like just think about his life as a this epic character and yeah it's it's interesting too and it is interesting that it does kind of it does kind of demand, and I mean, demands too strong a word, it, but it does kind of demand a little bit of explanation, right? You start to dig, scratch the surface on his life, and you're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> and I mean, we yeah. kind of talked about this before. It's like, well, it's all just amphetamines. It's all just amphetamines. Well, how come everybody else on, nobody else on amphetamines writes all this stuff, right? Or it's just yeah. this. Well, like, he ends up being this sort of unique figure, even if it is just sort of a perfect storm that creates yeah, yeah, yeah. of everything, right? But the, the, twin, really, the twin sister thing definitely is the... I think that's it, that's sort of where it all can't starts. put it all on the when you say how does yeah, when you yeah. say how a lot of people were hooked on amphetamines they don't become PKDs well the yeah. twin sister thing mixed with the amphet mixed yeah. with a bunch of other stuff mixed yeah, with man. being in the Bay Area in the fifty yeah. in or or in California at least throughout the fifties sixties yeah. and seventies and seeing mm-hmm. all the shit and yeah that makes I think that if you're already a naturally paranoid guy and then you're taking a bunch of fucking meth being tweaked out all the time. And I don't know, like, uh, yeah, he had plenty, let's just say he had plenty of source material to draw on to be a paranoid sci-fi guy that at that time that was, they were using a lot of fucking wiretap, you know, a lot of, uh, new military technology was being used at the time. And he was, his brain was definitely was getting legit real signals, but it was from like you know 
FBI vans, like, right? <laughs> I don't know, you know, like having, having bugs in every, in every, yeah. house. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, this is, this has been great, man. And so that's about an hour. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed we, this. Yeah, Let's we, uh, we pick it up on the, uh, mm-hmm, yeah, it, yeah, for on the after dark, we're going to, um, we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about, and I know everybody knows about this already, but we're going to actually talk about it. The Mandela effect and how I think the Mandela effect, whatever it means, is the PKD experience we're all having right now. It's emblematic of it anyway. So we're going to talk about that a little bit and then wrap a little bit more just about Philip K. Dick in general. So um, Rap Game, Ed Bernays on Twitter, uh, the great David Matthew Olson, mastermind behind Dirty Machines. Please go check that out. I I was going to say follow you, but it sounds like maybe Twitter is not your milieu anymore i don't know uh no you can you can follow me i still well, definitely follow it. Yeah. i'm just over it i just it's like twitter's a game and i, I already won which which <laughs> or lose it's the same thing twitter is a, just a video game and you play it until you win or lose but winning or losing is you just lose your fucking mind and i did that from twitter so i'm still gonna use it it's just okay. i the game the game I'm already. I won or lost. I'm not sure which one, but either way, I lost my fucking mind. So the game's no, over. No, I think if you follow I've, me, I still stand by all my old tweets. And, and well, you've got some. You've got some bangers out there for oh, sure. Thank you. So, thank yeah, you very yeah, much. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad it was. It was all for some. Or you know, at least yeah. there were some bangers that came out of losing my goddamn mind. Well, yeah, man. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at you losing your mind. I'm oh, sorry. No, 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 you should. It's it's great. It's great. Very uh, <clears throat> on brand for this episode too. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah right. All um, right, um, slash Art of Dark Pod. If you like what we are doing, support the show, and uh, we will reply to you on Patreon. Uh, Brad's also very active on Twitter too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Doing a, I haven't, doing a I haven't won or lost job. yet. I haven't won or lost yet, but I'm getting there. Right. Well, as soon as you become a podcaster, you've <laughs> you've lost. You've the jig lost. is up. All right, <laughs> let's let's come back and do the uh, the after dark. Yeah. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. I look forward to talking talking further. Yeah. All right. Yeah.